All right, Joshua chapter 1. This morning we're going to look at verse number 8 as our text, and then we will pray and uh, look at what the Lord has for us this morning. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8, the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and that then thou shalt have good success. I was thinking about uh, different directions to go this morning in our first Sunday here in the new building, and in looking at different things throughout Scripture and praying about different topics, this verse seems to be the best verse, I think, for us today. And we look at this verse and we see a few things in it and we'll talk through it, but uh, we see the idea of, the first of all, God's Word, this book of the law. Our, our church has been centered around the Bible from day one. The name of the church, Bible Pathway Baptist Church, it is geared to, to point us to the fact that we want to follow the Bible's pathway for our church. We want to follow what God wants us to do in our church and for our church. So that's brought up in this verse. And then at the end of the verse, it says that if you do these things, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and shalt have good success. Um, as a church, we want it to be successful. We don't want to be just another stat in the current times of a church dying off and going away and fading off into the sunset. That's not what we want. We're not, uh, we talk about being prosperous. That might mean different things to different people. We're not trying to get money here at the church. It's not, never been about money. But we do want to be successful. We want to be successful in accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. And so I think as we look at the early parts of Joshua, and we'll look at a couple different verses from a couple different chapters, we're going to see as the children of Israel make their way into the promised land, and to the land that God had given them, some things that can help us as we move into the gift that God has given us at this new place. And so we're going to look at those thoughts this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look into your word. This is the focal point of our church, uh, the preaching and the teaching of your word. And God, today I pray that you would help us to learn from it, that you would help us to draw closer to you because of your word. And God, I pray that you would challenge us, Lord, that you would motivate us, Lord, that you would help us as we make this transition into a new place, to a new building, to a new property, to a new location. God, that you would help us to understand what is ahead of us and the need still that is ahead of us. Lord, I pray that you would help me to present this clearly and correctly. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we are coming into uh, Joshua as he has taken over now for Moses. Moses had led the people through the wilderness, and, and because of his disobedience to God, God said, you will not be allowed to step into the promised land, but you will be able to see it. And so Moses went up, and, and God pointed out the promised land to Moses, and he got to see what was ahead for the people. Moses died. Joshua is appointed the new leader now of the nation of Israel, the children of Israel. And now they are getting ready. At this point in chapter 1, they still have not yet crossed the Jordan River, which then would put them into the promised land, but they are preparing for that step to go ahead now and to cross in. You remember there was a generation of people who had doubts and fears. They came to the promised land uh, 40 years before, and they sent in spies, and the spies came back, and, and uh, 10 of them had a bad report. They said, the people are too big, the cities are too strong, it is going to be too hard for us to go in and take this land. Two of the spies came back with a positive report, Joshua and Caleb, and they said, 
The land is great. God has prepared it for us. Let's go. Let's take the land. And because of the disobedience, because of the doubt, because of the lack of faith, they wandered in the wilderness 40 more years until a generation basically died off, and now the next generation is here and is now ready to go in following Joshua, the leader in whom God has put in place for them. And when they come here into this point, there's a couple things to remember before they cross into the promised land and then after. Number one, it may be a new property, but it's still the same God. Well, they were getting ready to cross into the promised land, which was going to be new property for them. But even though there was going to be a lot of new things they were about to experience, they were still having the same God in control of every situation. Look at verse number 5 of Joshua 1. It says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Moses had an interesting life. Moses, in his, just his wilderness journey with the children of Israel, he had to put up with a lot of nonsense, a lot of bickering, a lot of bitterness, a lot of complaining, a lot of whining, a lot of, yeah, well, you may have given us this food, but we want this food. Uh, yeah, you may have given us this, but we want this. We want more, we want less. We want it hotter, we want it colder. We want this color, we want this color. All these different things that Moses had to deal with that we don't think of, oftentimes we don't think about. But he did, he went through all these things. And God was with Moses every step of the way. Even in Moses' disobedience, when he struck the rock, when he was supposed to speak to the rock, God still brought forth water. Now Moses still suffered a consequence for disobedience, but God didn't, didn't say, well, no, no, you didn't... You didn't speak to the rock, so I'm just going to forsake everything. No. God says, just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. You might be going into a new property, but I'm still the same God. You know, I look back at the history of our church, and in six years, this is our fourth building. And I look at how God provided the first building, how He provided the rent for the first building. Because when we got the first building, we didn't have anybody. Uh, we hadn't started the church yet. There was no people that we even knew was going to come to the first service at that time. And uh, so we didn't know what the income was going to be. We had no idea how we were going to afford it, but God took care of it. Then we moved to the second building and God lowered our rent. And, uh, but we still needed people. We needed more people and God provided. He never left us or forsake us. We moved to the third building and all of a sudden we had a dr drastic cut off in income. And now there was a lot of questions. Okay, well now we have this new building, but what are we going to do now? Well, God was faithful. God provided. He provided people. God provided um, stability. God provided faithfulness. God provided different things. And we saw God work in that building, and now we move to a new location. We have to remember it's the same God. Now with that, we have to remember as well that that doesn't mean that because now God has given us a permanent uh, property that uh, He says, okay, now I've given you that, now you guys are on your own. And we have to remember that God also doesn't tell us, now you can do it on your own, because He doesn't. We have the same God with new property, the same God that provided and took care of and guided us through these six years will be the same God that will take care of, provide and guide us through the next 50, 100, 3,000 years, however long that this church is in this place. New property, yes. Great blessing, yes. Great promise, yes. Great opportunity, no doubt. The wonderful thing, though, better than a building, better than a property, better than opportunity is God. 
and having that God who we've watched provide and take care of us to remember that He's not going to leave us now that we have a permanent place. He's going to continue to take care of us. It may be new property, but it is the same God. Number two, it may be new property, but we still have the same command. Look again in verse number 8. As it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. We still have the same command to obey God's word. We, we may move to a different location. It doesn't change the command that God has given us. Now we can look at many commands that God has given us. Uh, as Christians, God has told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is our job to go or to send someone to go into all the places of the world to preach the gospel to every person. But here God reminds us, you're about to cross into new property, but you have to remember to do a few things. Number one, meditate on God's Word day and night. Meditate, read, pray, study, think on God's Word day and night. How are you going to follow and obey God's Word if you don't read it? How are you going to follow and obey what God tells you to do if you don't know what He tells you to do because you haven't read what He's told you to do? It's funny how we all want to hear from God. And I've seen the pictures and the memes and different things. Uh, God, why aren't you speaking to me? And then there's a Bible sitting right in front of them. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to you. It's right there for you to read. All you got to do is read it and you can have my Word. God's Word is literally God's Word. It was spoken, uh, it was given, and the human authors penned, but they didn't pen their own thoughts and their own opinions. They, they penned, they wrote down exactly what God told them to write down. And then from that original language, it was translated for us in English because even though I took Greek class in college, I still can't read most of it. And most people don't take Greek class. And, uh, and so we needed it in English, and thankfully uh, God allowed that to happen. And so now before us today, we have the Bible, and it is literally God's Word given to us so that we know what to do, so that we know how to live in a way that God would be pleased with, so that we can find out how to prosper, and that doesn't mean get rich, but how to prosper and how to find success in our life. God says, if you will meditate, if you will read, if you will study, if you will follow what my Word says, I will bless you. I will provide for your needs. I will calm your fears. I will protect you and guide you. So he says that the, the same command we've always had, to meditate therein day and night. Also then he says in verse number 8, to do uh, that which, uh, well, thou, thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. To obey then everything that God says to do. Now this has to be, we have to remember this, because I hear people argue all the time. Well, in Leviticus, it says this. Okay, if you'll read the Bible and you'll put it in context, you'll know. If you, that's why you can't just read one verse. You've got to read context, all right? Read a chapter, read a section, know what it's saying, and you'll understand that there are laws that were given specifically to a specific group of people to follow at a specific time uh, in, in history. And so there are laws that, that Israel was given that we don't follow today. And you say, well, it says in Leviticus to stone the rebellious child. Okay, <laughs> again, there's in context, if you start studying, you read, you'll understand these things. So when we do all that is written, we do what God has told us to do. There are important things. God has told us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. 
God has told us it is important that you spend time with fellow Christians, studying the Bible, hearing the Bible taught, uh, and, and encouraging one another, edifying one another, strengthening one another, praying for one another. That's important. That's something that we ought to do. The Bible tells us that we are to go and share the gospel with every person, with no prejudice. We are to do that. That's what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible tells us we are to love our neighbor, whether they're lovable or not. God also tells us to love our enemy. They're not lovable. I can tell you that right now. Uh, God tells us to do a number of different things. God tells us as a husband to be faithful. God tells us as a wife to be submissive. I tell you, the world today doesn't like that. And I think, again, if we put it in context, because sometimes I know preachers have preached that incorrectly before. Uh, but there is a role that God has given every individual, from every single person to every married person, to every parent, to every child, to every employer, to every employee. God has laid out for us how we are to fulfill the roles in which we are in our lives. God tells children to be obedient and to honor their parents. God tells every individual to be obedient and to honor authority. And here we come to the point where we read the Bible and then we see some things and we say, well, I don't really want to do that. Well, then don't expect to have success in your life, in your Christian walk. Don't expect to see God's blessings rain down upon you if you say, well, God, I, I know why you say that and I know that you do say that, but that just doesn't really fit into my life right now. I know, I think every person I've ever met wants to be blessed. And I've met people who have questioned why they're not getting blessed. And I try to kindly explain it to them. Because most of the time you can see why someone's not being blessed. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's private and no one else knows it, what's going on in their life. But I know people that they don't, they don't step a foot into church. They don't read their Bible. They definitely don't obey the Bible. And they say, well, I don't understand why God isn't better to me. It seems pretty obvious. <laughs> yes, God is more loving than I am. Yes, God is more kind than I am. Yes, God is more merciful than I am and more gracious than I am. But he still says if you want blessings, you have to obey. If you want the candy bar, you have to be good in the grocery store. We learn that as a child. Well, hopefully. If we haven't learned that, then your parents need some more teaching. But uh, if you're good, then you get the reward. You don't get the reward because you've been bad. God says, if you'll meditate on my word, and if you'll do what I've said to do, then you're going to see prosper, prosperity and success. And again, I want to make clear, I'm not meaning that you're going to become a millionaire if you obey God. Prosperity measured by God's standard can be different to different people. And I can tell you, this morning, I am richer than I've ever been. God's blessings on me, I can see so clearly this morning at this place with these people. I don't need a million dollars. I, could I use it? Sure. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. If you want to give it to me, I'll take it. But God says, if you'll just follow me, you'll see success and you'll see prosperity. This church has room for more people. We're not going to get them by doing nothing. We're not going to get them by ignoring what God has told us to do. God will bring us people that we can help through God's word if we'll be faithful to obey what God has told us to do. Because the Bible says at the end of verse number 8, then, then and only then, then 
will I make thy way prosperous, or thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success after the obedience. New property, same God. New property, same command. Number three, I went off, off of the same a little bit, but new property is going to be old property someday. Turn with me, if you will, just a couple pages over to chapter 4. Today we are embarking on a new building, a new property, but someday this building is going to be the old building. Someday when my children age and they come home from college, this is going to be, yeah, this is our church. It's been our church for, how old are you? Ten years. I'm trying to remember when they're going to be in college. Uh, it's been our church for a while. Someday, Lord willing, my grandchildren... This will be the only church that they've ever known, Bible Pathway. The only building they've ever seen. The only property they've ever seen. Look in chapter 4, look in verse number 5. They're crossing the Jordan River now into the Promised Land. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take up every man of you a stone upon the shoulder, uh, upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That's twelve that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. When they crossed into the promised land, Joshua had the people, one person from each tribe, Bring out a pretty large stone to build a memorial. Well, why do you build a memorial? You may not know this anymore because most of the memorials are getting taken down. Uh, but uh, you build a memorial to remember things. And granted, I, I, I joke about it. Some of the memorials needed to be taken down and other ones didn't. But nonetheless, the purpose for memorial is a reminder. So that when people see it, they remember or ask the question, what is this? They can read the plaque. Or if you're like me, you just ask someone else to read the plaque and then tell you what it says. Uh, so they can remember what it was. Washington, D.C. is one of the neatest places in America. And you go through and you travel through D.C. and you look at the different monuments, you look at the different things. Uh, to me, uh, you go to the, uh, the graveyard from the soldiers and you, you go to the, the tomb of the unknown soldier and you see just different things that are just, as an American, really neat to see. And there's memorials all over the place and museums all over the place where you can learn about things that happened in the past. Well, you see, today this is new property, but one day it's going to be, for us, old property. And the people who come in aren't going to know how we got it, how God provided for us to come into this place. And we have to remember that what's new today is going to be old to us one day, and we cannot forget what God has done for us to get us to this place. I believe and I pray that one day this church will be full. And anyone that comes in pretty much that's not here today is not going to know the story, and we're not going to tell it every Sunday, the story of how we got here, of how by faith we put in an offer, not knowing if the bank would even approve us. That after the bank approved us, we still had a big chunk of money to come up with and we didn't come up with a dime of it. And God gave it to us. As a matter of fact, we have more money now than we had before we purchased the building. That's not, 
That doesn't happen a whole lot. <laughs> or you buy a building and you come out on top. The Lord has been mighty good to us. And although today it's easy to see, five years from now, I hope you haven't forgotten. And I hope that when you talk to people about this place, about this church, about this property, that you will remember what God has done for it. Some of us have seen more than others as far as the church goes. Again, my family has seen it from day one. The Stacys have seen it for most, most of those six years. Uh, others, James and, and Miss Diana, have seen it uh, for five or four, four or five years. Everybody else has been now for a few years at least, a uh, year to two to three, whatever it is. But the point is, we've seen different things that God has done. Don't ever forget about it. It's impossible for me to forget the fear before our first Sunday. The wondering, the leading up to, the will anybody come, the will we be able to pay rent next month, the, uh, the will anybody come this week, will anybody, will we ever have a Wednesday night crowd? Uh, all those sorts of things that we went through, I could tell you all about it, but at the end of the day, all you need to know is that God took care of it all. This may be new property, but we have the same God, the same commandment, and we have to remember this this feeling today, the things that we've seen this last week or these last few weeks God providing for our church. Remember it and share it with other people as they come along. Number four and lastly, new property but same battle. New property but same battle. We could look through and we won't take the time to do it this morning, but starting in Joshua chapter 6 is the battle of Jericho and the preparing for the battle of Jericho. The children of Israel crossed into the promised land, and although God says, this is your land, I've given it to you, no one can stand in your way, God still says, but you're going to have to go take it. It's going to be work. I'm going to give you victory, but you're going to have to work. When it comes to the battle of Jericho, they simply had to walk. Walk around uh, once a day for six days, and on the seventh day, walk around seven times, and then after the seventh time, scream and shout. We're not a screaming and shouting church, uh, but every now and then it doesn't hurt. When we were praying for this building, I had someone suggest it to me, so I did it. Um, you can sit anywhere and pray. I walked around the building seven times and prayed as I was walking. Thought on this this instance in history where the children of Israel marched around Jericho and God gave it to them. You know, God just says, now that it's yours, now that you're here, it's not ours, it's God's, but now that you're here, now that the church is here, now that the, the church is in this property, that doesn't mean the work stops. As a matter of fact, it may even mean there's more work ahead. We've got to be active. We've got to understand that just because we're at a new place doesn't mean now we just sit down and rest. The battle still continues. There is still much work to be accomplished. Children of Israel walked into a new place, a place that God gave them, but they still had much work to do to attain the promises of God, to attain the property that God had given them. I know we're in a weird situation right now, but we're not, uh, we're not allowed to do everything that we want to do. can't hold big events. We can't. Um, it's even a little bit iffy. I mean, you can go knock on someone's door, but most people don't want to answer the door uh, right now. And, uh, you know, there's different things that we can do and that we will do. 
But as we pray and continue to ask God to give us the liberty back to, to have the freedom to, to have events again and invite people and those sorts of things uh, more freely to a point where people are more comfortable with being in a room with people. Um, I've not mind social distancing personally. I don't mind that everybody keeps their space from me. But, uh, but I would like us to be able to gather back in a building together and be able to fill up the building and people not be scared about it. You know, in order for those things to happen, like I said earlier, we've, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to talk to people, talk to our neighbors, talk to our coworkers, talk to our friends, talk to our family members, talk to perfect strangers. Next week, we should have material that you can take and pass out. Um, Lord willing, it should, should be here this week. And uh, we'll be able to, to invite people with a piece of paper that tells them where the church is and uh, all that sort of stuff. And even more importantly than that, it'll tell them how they can know for certain that they could go to heaven when their life on this earth is done. Because you see, the purpose of the church is not to party. It's not to have meals. It's not to play. The purpose of church is to draw people closer to the Lord. For the Christian, it's exactly what it is. Let's edify, let's strengthen, let's learn more and grow closer to God. But you know there are many people in our community who are not Christians. They have never put their trust in Christ. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners and because of our sin, we deserve hell. The Bible also tells us that God gave us a gift by sending His Son Jesus to this earth to die on the cross for our sins, to take the punishment, the penalty for our sins, and then to be raised three days later to give victory over sin, over death, over hell. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible also tells us that they will not hear unless someone tells them. How shall they hear, the Bible says? How will they believe if they've not heard, and how will they hear unless someone tells them? They won't. At one point, nearly every household in America had a Bible. I don't know what the stats are today, but I guarantee you they're lower than they used to be. At one point, you could turn on your television or your radio and find decent Bible preaching. It's a lot harder to do these days. Now you can find preachers wherever you want them, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, But are they good? Are they actually preaching the Bible? The Bible is very clear. It's very simple, as a matter of fact, of how someone can avoid hell and have heaven for eternity. It's by placing their faith in Jesus Christ. By understanding that I am a sinner, and because of my sin I deserve hell, But I understand that because God loved me, He sent His Son to die for me. I'm placing my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ to save me, to forgive me of my sins, and take me to heaven when my life on this earth is done. Our community needs that message. And they're not going to get it unless we tell them. Yeah, we have it on our website, but most people don't go to your website to look for that. Yes, we have it on the tracks that we'll hand out. And people do read tracks. I'm not saying we shouldn't hand them out. But ultimately, they need you to share what God did in your life. How God saved you. 
share that with them so they can understand it can, it can be for them too. It can be their story too. Because as much as I love this building, as much as I love walking out the back door and looking at that view, it's gorgeous outside. None of it matters if no one learns about Jesus. We need to commit as a church to remember, yes, it's new property, but it's still the same God. We have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, nothing to stress about. God's taking care of us up to this point, and He'll continue to do so moving forward. Yes, it's new property, but we still have the same command to do what God has told us to do, to obey His Word. Yes, it's new property, but one day it's going to be old property. And we have to make sure that we remember what God did for us, what God is doing for us, and then we tell others about it. Yes, it's a new property, but we still have the same battle. We still have a, a lot of work ahead of us. And if we'll do it, God says, you'll find success. And I don't know about you. Yeah, I do. You want it too. Success. You want it for this church. I believe it with all my heart. So let's do what God has told us to do. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. God, I'm so thankful. I, I could sit here and just praise you for hours and hours and hours. Lord, I'm so thankful for what you've done for us, for this church, how you've provided, how you've blessed. But God, I pray now that you'd help us to understand we still have work to do. There's still much to be accomplished. God, you've done so much for us, and we can trust you to, do, to continue to do for us uh, uh, moving forward what is necessary. God, I pray that you'd help us today, that we'd commit ourselves, Lord, to doing your work, to obeying you. Lord, that we would not get caught up in We've got a building, but Lord, that we would get so excited about the fact that we have a living, faithful, all-powerful, all-knowing God, and Lord, that we'll seek to serve you better. God, I pray that today we would commit to use this building for your purpose, for your will, and God, for none of our own. Lord, I pray this morning that uh, um, we are thankful for salvation we are thankful for your offering of salvation to us, that you loved us enough, cared for us enough, Lord, to offer us salvation. Lord, I pray that today we would all know for certain, without a shadow of a doubt, that we are saved, that heaven is our home for eternity. And Lord, I pray that if we don't know that this morning, or that before we leave this building, we will get it settled. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, so thankful that we have the space to do this and so we're going to be doing this every Sunday. We're going to open up the auditorium for invitation. You don't have to come to the front to pray. You can pray in your seat. But I want to invite you if you'd like to at this time. If the Lord spoke to you about something, if the Lord challenged you about something today, if you just take care of it, you can come to the front and kneel. You can come to the front and sit. You can stay at your seat and sit. Whatever you'd like to do. And if you have something that you need, if you have a question, if you'd like someone to talk with you, maybe show you from the Bible how you can know for certain that you're saved, we'd be happy to do that this morning. We won't embarrass anybody. You can come, uh, come to the front. Just let me know, and we'll find someone that can help you this morning. But we're going to take just a few moments as the piano plays and let you deal with whatever God has spoken to you about this morning.